Good morning. Thank you for joining us for worship this morning. We are glad to have you here at Flagstone with us today. Thank you for coming into our worship center. We got some more folks that are coming in over the next uh, minute or two. We're going to be glad to have them join us as well. We got some folks that are joining us online. Thank you for clicking on and, and uh, joining us for worship. We're glad to be connecting with you this morning as well. For those of you here in the worship center, a couple things to uh, remind you of or let you know about this one, your first times here. First of all, on every other chair, we have one of our bulletins uh, available, and we like for every family to make sure to pick one of these up today and look through it and know what's going on uh, with our church family. we got a lot of different activities coming up this week and over the next few weeks. I want to make sure that, that you are um, aware of those things. One of the things I'll remind you of is next Sunday uh, is our is our back to school Sunday. Is that correct? I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. Yeah. And so uh, at the beginning of, wor of our worship time, we're going to have all of our first graders come up on stage. Uh, we're going to give them a new Bible, and uh, then we'll have all of our school kids come up. And we're going to pray over them before the school year starts. So that will be next Sunday. I want to make sure that you're here and bring your kids uh, for that. Um, this morning, though, especially if this is one of your first times here, or maybe you've been here a few times and just haven't taken the time to do this yet, for all of our guests, we'd like for you to take, the, take a moment to click on this uh, QR code that's right here in the top right corner. That will bring up a form on your phone where you can uh, share some contact information with us, just your name and where you're from, and also give you an opportunity to ask about different ministries that we have here at Flagstone and how you can get plugged into some of those things. And we want you to know we're not going to bombard you with, with phone calls and texts and visits. Uh, we'll, we'll send you a note, say thanks for coming. Uh, can, we, can we tell you any more about our church family? But we'd like to know who you are. And so please, if you would do that, it won't take you very long to fill out that form. If you just go ahead and do that right now, click on that QR code and fill out that form. We would really appreciate your help with that. We will be taking communion together today as part of our worship. And when that time comes, we'll have uh, some thoughts about communion. Then we'll have a prayer for the bread. We'll pass out trays. And in those trays are a whole bunch of cups. And in each cup is a little piece of bread. So you'll take a cup, uh, eat the bread, and then pass the tray on to the next person. And then we'll do the same thing um, with, with the juice, uh, and that's how we'll take communion together this morning. So I wanted you to be aware of that. When that time comes, that's how we'll do that together. And then I also wanted to let everybody know uh, that we have our kids' ministry available all morning today. We're glad for all of you who brought your kids with you. We're so thankful that you did that. We don't take that lightly. We're honored that you uh, thought to bring your kids with you to worship this morning. But if it would help you during our worship time, anytime this morning, during our singing time, during communion, during our time in the Word, if you just want to take your kids uh, back to our children's ministry area, they've, they will have um, activities and, and uh, snacks and things for them while you continue to worship with us. So you can just go right out these doors right across our lobby. We have a check-in area there. We've got volunteers ready to take care of your kids while you continue to worship in here. If you want to keep your kids with you, you're more than welcome to do that. If it would help, uh, we do have acti activity bags available, and those are also in our lobby right across uh, the lobby from this wall right here. You go right out the door, straight across. There's a table that has um, activity bags with coloring sheets and other things for our kids. And if that would help you uh, to continue to engage with us during worship this morning, feel free to go grab one of those, uh, and, and you're welcome to, to that. I think that's all I need to share with you about um, kind of our housekeeping stuff this morning as we get ready to worship today. I'm excited to be worshiping with you. Uh, at the end of our worship time, we'll have um, kind of a special presentation that, that uh, Brandon Dodd, our youth minister, is going to make 
We'll save that for, for the end of our worship today. But this morning, we're going to be singing songs together and praising our God together. We are going to be taking communion together and celebrating the grace that we receive because of the cross. We're going to be spending time in the Word today. You're going to be blessed by being here this morning. And I hope that, that that happens, that you recognize God's presence either in the songs we sing or the words that are shared. Or maybe in just a conversation with somebody sitting next to you at some point this morning. That you feel God's presence in this place. That you feel connected to Him and connected with us as we worship together. So let's start out with a prayer this morning. Ask God to bless our time of worship together. And then we'll begin praising Him together in song. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for giving us this morning and for giving us the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for all the people that, that chose to be here in this place this morning to worship together. Thank you for the guests that you sent our way, and I pray that they can see you through us and that they can experience you as we worship you together this morning. Thank you for all of our volunteers that are making everything run so smoothly today. Thank you for all of our, our teachers and, and helpers in our kids' ministry, and we ask that our kids are blessed during their worship time today. God, I pray that, that you would help us focus on you this morning. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of, of, of uh, items on our agendas and things we got to get done, maybe even today as soon as worship is over. And God, I pray that we can, we can just push those things to the side for a few minutes and, and focus on being here, being in your presence and being willing to hear what you want to share with us. And whether that's a message through the songs we sing, whether that's a message through your word, whether that's a message through the comments that somebody makes, a guy that you would speak to our hearts this morning, that you would help us hear your voice, and that we would respond the way that you want us to, and be ready to go out from this place and be the people that you are calling us to be. God, I especially pray for those who, who have come here this morning carrying some kind of a burden, uh, recent loss, health issues, relationship issues, problems with friends, worry, anxiety, guilt. God, we, we all have burdens that we're dealing with. And, and I pray that, that those of us who have arrived at this place this morning carrying some kind of weight on their shoulders, that you would help them to let go of that this morning, that you would give them a willingness and a courage and a, and a vulnerability to be able to share those things with us and this church family, not so that we can know all their business, but so that we can help, so that we can help lift that burden and give it to you so you can set us free from those things. So make that happen this morning, God. Move powerfully in this place as we worship you together. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's get on our feet. Let's ready to worship this morning. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Thank you. 
The Lord reigns. He is a mighty God. The Lord God reigns. The Lord reigns. He is a mighty God. The Lord God reigns. Reign is Lord Almighty. He is Lord. is God indeed. Reign is Lord Almighty. He is God supreme. Reign is Lord Still my soul will sing your praise. 
Good morning. Um, it is crazy that I move into my dorm room on Saturday. It just, it doesn't feel real. I don't believe it. Uh, my mom's already making packing lists. You need this, you need that, you need, uh, this is what worked for Griffin, this is what he said is good. And like on my list, it's like, I need a pillow and a blanket and I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that time of year um, when all, the, all of us teens and all of, all of the younger kids back there go back to school. And there's a lot of teachers in the room that are already going back to the building and you know, they're getting their classrooms ready and it's, it's that time. And uh, I can't think of a better time for us to start talking about being a difference maker because that is the time for us when we go into the classroom and we go and meet those friends that you know, aren't as connected uh, in their walk with God as we are. Um, that's the best time to be a difference maker and to show others what it means to follow Christ. Um, and so right now we're, we're talking about communion and like the death of Jesus. Um, but right after Jesus died, when he, when he was resurrected, um, he came back to his disciples. And in Mark 16, uh, verse 15, he gave them what is called the Great Commission. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So Jesus gives the great commission to say, go and just make disciples, spread the gospel. And that's what we have to do, um, us younger kids, and then, you know, even in the workplace, to be difference makers is to go and spread the gospel. Uh, so as we take communion today, I, I want us to not only remember the, the death of Jesus, but his commission to us afterwards. Uh, let's pray. Uh, dear God, thank you for this uh, amazing day. Uh, thank you for bringing us all together here to remember your son's sacrifice. Um, please help us remember his, his death and his resurrection. And please especially help us remember his commission today as we can go out and make disciples. Uh, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Jesus, let us come to know you. Let us see you face to face. Touch us. 
pray with me again for the juice? Um, dear God, thank you again so much for sending your son to die for us. Um, he laid down his life as the ultimate sacrifice, and every day we are blessed more for it. So as we come here this morning to remember that, just help us be humbled uh, by that and help us to remember you. Uh, we love you, and we thank you, and we praise you for all that you have done and all that you will do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Refiner's fire, my heart's one desire used to be. sing one more before Marshall's lesson. Before the world was made, before you spoke it to be, you were the king of kings. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. And now you're reigning still and from above all things. Angels and saints cry out. We join them as we sing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God forever. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God forever. Creator God. 
so I could praise your great and matchless name all my days, all my days, so let my whole life be amazing offering, a light that shouts and sings the greatness of our King, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. So as Tyson uh, mentioned during our communion thoughts, we're talking about difference makers this morning. Maybe you saw that on the bulletin when you sat down uh, and started looking through it. We're talking about difference makers. And I, I want you to think about like what comes to mind when you think of a difference maker. I mean, you know, football coaches talk about how we got this one player. He's he's real difference maker. And maybe maybe you talk about that in the workplace. Like we just hired this guy. We just hired this this particular woman. And it's going to be a real difference maker. We got this event that we're planning. And for all the things we're doing this year, this is going to be the difference maker. I mean, we use that term a lot. And what are we, what are we really talking about? What do you think of when you think of a difference maker? When you think of just the the definition of that, what is um, a difference maker? And of course, the obvious answer would be someone who makes a difference. Oh, great, awesome! That's wonderful definition. That seems obvious, right? What is a difference maker? Someone who makes a difference, exactly. But what are we what are we really talking about? And I think we when we're talking about a difference maker, we're talking about somebody. I mean, it's a little bit more specific. I mean, it's somebody who makes a significant impact in the life of someone else or in, or in, the, in, their, in the community that they live in. And so with that in mind, I mean, who comes to mind? Let me maybe put it that way. Who comes to mind when you think of a difference maker? Who are the difference makers in our history? Abraham Lincoln, would we agree? Difference maker. Tell, you know, completely uh, led us through not only the Civil War, but just, you know, social change. I mean, he's, he was a difference maker. Uh, Mother Teresa went over to India and, and made an impact in, for the, the poor and the orphans in that country for years and years and years. Difference maker. Martin Luther King Jr., all the speeches, all the rallies, all the different things that he did for civil rights. Difference maker. I, you know, maybe there's, I don't know, musicians. I mean, I, would Elvis Presley be considered a difference maker? I don't Yes, some say yes, some say no. Change the face of music, right? Uh, difference maker, I guess, question mark, I'm not sure. Anyway, maybe, maybe when you think of a difference maker, maybe, maybe you think of somebody that's a little bit lesser known. It's not known by the world or, or even, uh, you know, our country or maybe not necessarily our whole community, but it's somebody that made an impact in your life, somebody that's, that made a personal difference to you. 
And maybe that was a high school teacher. Maybe that was a high school coach that, that made a difference, that took time to really mentor you. Maybe it's, maybe it's a family member or a relative that, that you were close to, and, and they did something for you, or they shared their life with you in some way, and it made, made a difference. Maybe it's an employer. Maybe it's you know, a manager you used to have, a boss you used to have that wasn't just the employer, but they really, they really impacted you. They, they changed the way you thought about how you did your job. They made a difference in your life. You know, we think of all these, I mean, maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's somebody, you know, within our church family that just consistently makes some kind of significant difference in your life. And you think of that person and you think of what they did or, or how they impacted you. And, and you, you picture that face when you think difference maker. And the world as a whole may never know who that person is. Most people around you may not know the difference that that particular person made in your life. That person may not even know the impact they made, but you know. You recognize the impact. You recognize the difference that somebody else made. And that's, honestly, that's what God calls all of us to be. If we're believers in Jesus and we've been saved by, by the blood of Jesus and we are, are children of God, we are called to be difference makers. We are called to be people who make an impact and make a difference in somebody else's life. God calls us to help and to serve and to lift up and encourage. If you go in your Bibles or your Bible apps, I mean, this will be on the screen, but if you got it in front of you, this in the book of Hebrews, which isn't all the way at the very end of the Bible, but it's getting close to it. In Hebrews chapter 13, the very last chapter of that book, in verse 16, the author of Hebrews says this, Don't forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Don't forget. Keep it in mind. Make sure that you remember every opportunity you have. Do good. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to help. Don't forget to serve. Don't forget to encourage. Don't forget to make a difference. We are called to be difference makers. We are challenged. We are commissioned by God to be intentional about making an impact in someone else's life. Being intentional about trying to make somebody else's life better. And if you look through scripture, there's a lot of different examples of difference makers. I mean, if, if we just limited it to, to, hey, think of somebody, think of a Bible character that was a difference maker, we'd have a whole bunch of different answers. I mean, you know, just off the top of my head when I was thinking of something, I think of David. We talk about David a lot, but David was a difference maker. I mean, from the time he was a kid, he took a rock and threw it at a big giant guy's forehead and won the battle for the entire Israelite army. That made a pretty significant impact, didn't it? He's a difference maker. You think about Moses. Moses led the people of Israel out of 400 years of slavery. Part of the Red Sea, walked across through the wilderness, gave them the Ten Commandments. Think about all the things that Moses did and the impact that he had on the history of the nation of Israel. He's a difference maker. Maybe, I mean, the easy one is Jesus, right? Duh. That's, <laughs> Jesus is a pretty significant difference maker, isn't he? Made a difference in all of our lives. That's, that's what he does. That's, that's what he continues to do. So that, that's kind of the easy answer. And, and I wanted to think of maybe, maybe some Bible characters that maybe aren't as well known, but still made a significant impact. And maybe some of these folks you've never heard of before or you haven't heard about in a long time. 
There's a woman talked about in the book of Acts. Her name is Dorcas. She's also called Tabitha. She's got two different names. You can refer to her um, either way. But Dorcas, all we know about her is that she was a really, really good seamstress. She could sew things. She could do, you know, I guess amazing things with needle and thread. And she ends up, this is early on in, in the history of the church, for whatever reason, she, I don't know if she was sick for a while, if she was old or whatever, but, but she ends up dying. And Peter uh, is asked to come and see if he can do anything, and he shows up at the house, and all these people are, are crying about losing Dorcas. Dorcas is, is dead. She's no longer going to be a part of our lives. And Peter raises her from the dead. And that's an amazing story. And you would think the difference maker in that story would be Peter because he raised someone from the dead. But I want you to pay attention to Dorcas. Because before she gets raised, I want you to see people's reaction when they thought about Dorcas. In, verse, in Acts chapter 9, in verse 39, it says, All the widows stood around, stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Apparently, she was an amazing seamstress. But it wasn't just the talent. It was the fact that she, that she made all the things that she made to bless other people. And I don't think I'm reading too much into Scripture when I, when I think of, you know, Dorcas is probably one of these women that, you know, somebody has a new baby, Dorcas is making them a blanket. New marriage, Dorcas is bringing curtains for the new home. Dorcas is making a, a, a dress for someone just because, just to make their day better. And it wasn't anything that she was getting a whole lot of fan for. It wasn't like the rest of the Roman Empire knew who this woman was. She was just trying to be intentional about blessing other people who she was connected in life with. She was a difference maker. We got another guy in the Old Testament named Obadiah. Actually, there are two guys in Scripture named Obadiah. One of them was a prophet that has a book named after him. We're not talking about him this morning. There was another guy named Obadiah, and he lived during the time that Elijah the prophet was alive. And if you don't know much about Elijah and kind of his arch enemy, Ahab, Ahab was the king of Israel, and Ahab was an evil king, and he had an evil wife named Jezebel, and the two of them together were just dragging the nation of Israel completely away from God, completely into idol worship and doing all sorts of evil things and doing all sorts of things that God despised and they didn't care. They kept doing that and, and leading the other people that way and they were so adamant about being contrary to God that they were finding priests and prophets of God and slaughtering them, having them killed. Obadiah happened to be Ahab's palace administrator. So he's the palace administrator for the king, which would be similar, I guess, to like the president's uh, chief of staff. He just kind of made sure that the king stayed on schedule, that everything that was operating around the palace was operating the way it was supposed to, and the people who wanted to come and see the king, he kind of scheduled that out too and decided who could come and who couldn't. This is a very important job. He's very close to this guy that hates God and hates anybody that has anything to do with God. But Obadiah was also a believer in God. And even though he had this position, even though he was very closely connected to the king who hated God, Obadiah had a he had a passion for God. 
And here's what it says about Obadiah in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 4. It says, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and had hidden them in two caves, 50 in each, and had supplied them with food and water. We don't know the names of these hundred guys. We don't know how, like, how high they were on Ahab's most wanted list. We know there were these prophets, these messengers of God whose lives were being threatened. And Obadiah took it upon himself to take a hundred of them and hide them in two different places and figure out a way without his boss knowing, figured out a way to get food and water to them on a regular basis. By the way, did I mention that Israel at the time was in the middle of a three-year drought? No rain, no food anywhere. He's finding it somewhere. And he's sneaking it to these prophets. And he's not doing it with a whole lot of fanfare, obviously. Because if the king found out, it might not just cost Obadiah his job. It might cost him his life. But he wanted to help. He wanted to make an impact. He wanted to do something. Do a whole lot of people know about it? Did a whole lot of people know about it? No. Those hundred did. He made an impact in their lives. He made a difference. There's another person that I'm just going to call the kid. Because he's so, I guess you could say he's so insignificant, we don't even know his name. But if you go to the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all, all four of those books talk about the life of Jesus and his ministry when he was here on this earth. And all four of those books, as they talk about different pieces of Jesus' ministry and different things that he said and different miracles that he performed, all four of those mention one miracle. All four of them do. And that's the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 people. There were 5,000 plus people that were listening to Jesus all day, listening to him preach, asking him questions, him answering questions, him healing people. They had been there all day and hadn't had anything to eat. And Jesus says, we need, to, we need to feed these people. Actually, the disciples came to Jesus first and said, Jesus, get rid of these people because we're hungry. And, and we want something to eat. And Jesus is like, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. They're, they're going to pass out on the way home. We need to feed them. And his disciples tell him, Jesus, that's a great thought, great idea. We don't have that kind of money. It would take eight months' wages to buy enough food just to feed the people that are here in front of you right now. We don't, we don't have eight months' wages, and we don't have that kind of food, and we don't know where to get that amount of food out here in the middle of nowhere. Jesus says, you know, see what you got, see what you can find. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three say that the disciples came to Jesus and said, we've got these five loaves of bread and these two fish. John gives us a little bit more detail. In John chapter 6, in verse 8, it says, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he spoke up and he said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. Here's this boy. Here's this kid. Here's his lunch. Can we use that? And I don't, I don't know. I'm, one of these days in eternity, I'm going to ask. I don't know how Andrew found this kid. I don't know if the disciples are arguing with Jesus about how we don't have money, we don't have food. And Andrew is the one guy that's walking out going, anybody got anything to eat? Raise your hand real high. 
I don't know. I don't know if there were several disciples that were asking that question. I don't know if, if maybe this kid was, was close by and he heard the conversation. That's kind of how I picture it. Maybe he just right there, he just happened to be really close by, and he just looked up and said, well, I've got this. You're welcome to it. And I wonder, I, want, I mean, if you keep reading, Andrew even asks, like, how in the world is this going to feed this many people? And Jesus takes that small amount of food, and he, and, and he prays over it, and then he says, all right, start passing it out. Which, again, if I'm one of the disciples, I'd be like, what? Okay, here you go, sir. All right, done. Like, I, they would think this is the oddest thing. I would think it was the oddest thing. But he has the crowd sit down, and they start passing it out, and somehow the food just keeps replenishing itself. And, and there's so much food by the time they're done passing it out that they have leftovers. And 5,000 plus people are completely full, completely stuffed, and there's food left over. And where did it start? With the kid. Who stepped forward and said, it's not much, but you can have it. What a difference that kid made. What an impact he made. My guess is with 5,000 plus people, most people didn't even know where the food came from. They didn't know that that was some kid that did that. But he made a difference, didn't he? And see, that's what I want us, that's what I want us to be thinking about. I, I, I want us to be thinking about the difference makers that we see in, in, in Scripture that, that maybe aren't as well known, maybe a little bit more obscure. And we're going to talk about some of these folks over the next few weeks. And we're going to be talking about how we can get in a better habit of making a difference in the lives of other people that, that maybe, maybe most people don't even see. Maybe, maybe a lot of people in our communities or, or in our schools or workplaces or in our church don't even notice the things we're doing, but we're making a difference. We're making an impact. That's what we want to be talking about. That's what we want to be challenging ourselves uh, to do over the next few weeks. And as we look at these, these difference makers in Scripture, there's, there's some common factors that they all have. There's some things that, that each one of them kind of has in common with each other. And I want to share these with you this morning, and then we'll be done. I want us to be thinking about, would that, would that statement define my life? Would that statement demonstrate my faith? And one of the factors that we see in these difference makers, and these godly difference makers, is that difference makers have a genuine desire to have a positive impact on somebody else. And I want to focus on the word genuine. It's, it's, it's real. It's not fake. It's not for show. It's not insincere. There is a genuine want, a genuine willingness to bless somebody else, to make somebody else's life better. I want to do something for your benefit. I want to do something for you. And it's not about me. It's not about me getting recognition. It's not about me getting a pat on the back. It's not about me getting my name mentioned in the bulletin. It's not about me getting the t-shirt. It's about you. I recognize a need in your life. I recognize a way that I can do something positive in your life, and I choose to do that. And if it becomes about me, that's glory-seeking, not difference-making. 
difference makers have a genuine desire, a genuine willingness to impact other people's lives simply because they want that person's life to be better. Paul addresses this in Philippians chapter 2. In verses 3 and 4, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. He says, don't do anything, even if it's good stuff. Don't do that just for yourself, just for the accolades, just for the applause. Just so you can hold it over somebody else's head and go, hey, you know what I did for you a couple weeks ago? How about returning the favor? It's not about that. And if that's where my heart is, that's not making a difference. Difference makers want to do something good for somebody else because that person needs it. Because that person will benefit from it. Because their community will be impacted by it. That's what godly difference makers do. Difference makers are also willing to step into the unknown. It may be something that I've never tried before. It may be something that's out of my comfort zone. It, I, I may not know exactly how this particular, this particular action, this particular act of service is, is going to turn out. But even though there are some things that I don't necessarily know for sure, I have a willingness to go ahead and act. I have a willingness to go ahead and try. I have a willingness to step forward and to step into the unknown and to take action anyway. I mean, I don't know that, that Dorcas, when she was sewing those different things, thought to herself, boy, this, this curtain right here, I'm telling you, that's going to change somebody's life. I don't think that was it. I don't think that this kid had any way of knowing that Jesus was going to take his little handful of food and miraculously feed 5,000 people. And become a story that is talked about for generations to come after that. I don't, think, I don't think he had that in mind at all. And it might have even been a little bit uncomfortable for him to either let go of it or even step forward in the first place and go, well, I've got this. But he did it anyway. Obadiah had no idea for sure that he wouldn't get caught. That there wouldn't be consequences. He had no idea whether helping those hundred prophets was going to be a good thing or not. But he stepped into the unknown anyway. He made an effort anyway. And that's what we're called to do as well. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all people. And the thing that I want you to see in this verse is actually not there. What I want you to see in what Paul says here is actually what he doesn't say. Because Paul doesn't put any conditions on this statement. He doesn't say to, you know, as, as we have opportunity, let's do good to all people as long as we're comfortable. Let's do good to all people as long as I know that only good stuff is going to result from it. Let's do good to all people as long as we know that they're not taking advantage of us. Let's do good to all people only if, if we know for sure what kind of impact that's going to make before we ever try it. He doesn't put any kind of conditions on this. As we have opportunity, let's go do good. 
let's make a difference. Sometimes that's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes that's going to mean that God is leading me to do something I've never done before. Sometimes that means trying something that I failed at before. That means sometimes I do things and don't get any kind of recognition for it. But it's a good thing to do. It's going to make a difference. And even though I don't know for sure how it's going to turn out, and even though I don't know for sure how me trying to impact that person is going to impact me, I'm going to step into the unknown anyway. I want to give. I want to help. I want to volunteer. I want to serve. I want to encourage. I want to love. Because I've got the opportunity to. That's what difference makers do. Difference makers are also open to God's leading. I believe that each one of these people that, that we mentioned, Obadiah, Dorcas, this kid, they made an impact in the lives of other people because they were following a call, following a, a desire, a nudge that God had put on their heart. They felt like this is something that God was calling them to do. Because that's what difference makers do. They're open to God's leading. They're open to, to the direction that God is, is calling them. They're open to opportunities that God puts in front of them. They don't put blinders on. They don't put their heads down. They don't come up with excuses. Difference makers say, God, where can I make a difference today? Whose life can I make an impact in? Show it to me so that I can step into that opportunity. You see another example of this in the book of Nehemiah. And if you don't know much about Nehemiah, we've talked about him a little bit in our church family before. But Nehemiah was an was Israelite who was, at the time, the cupbearer for the king of the Persian Empire, for Xerxes. He was, he was kind of his right-hand man. And he was, I mean, the cupbearer would be the guy that, you know, if somebody brings a, a cup of wine to the king, he would taste it first and make sure that he didn't drop dead from poison before he handed it off to the king. It's kind of a risky job. But there's also just, like, he had a closer interaction with the king than other people. He was an advisor. He was very close to the king of the entire Persian Empire. But before the Persian Empire came along, the Babylonian Empire had been in power, and the Babylonians had come to Nehemiah's homeland and completely destroyed it and, and completely destroyed the capital city of Jerusalem, torn down the temple, torn down the walls around the city, and just left it desolate. And now decades have passed, and Nehemiah hears about how his home country is still in ashes and rubble. And he hears about the, the walls of the city. It used to be this glorious city. And he, and he is so moved by it, he wants to do something about it. And so he asked the king, can I go back to my home country? Can I go and, and rebuild the walls there? And the king gives him permission and gives him materials and gives him you know, an, an entourage of people that, that can go help. And he shows up and he goes to the people that were already living there. And he takes them around and he starts looking at all, the, at all the walls. As a matter of fact, he goes out one night on horseback by himself and just riding around just to look and see what all the damage is and what all that, that needs to be done. And oh, by the way, did I mention that Nehemiah had no, he was not an engineer. He had no construction experience whatsoever. He's a cupbearer. The most training that he, on the job training he had had in his life was taking a cup, taking a drink, handing it to the king. 
that's what he did. But he wants to go and lead people in constructing walls around a city. Why? Well, he gives an indication of that in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4 and verse 12. This night ride that he took, he said, I, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Why would a guy with no construction experience, probably actually by this time, knowing his age and everything, probably hadn't even seen the city of Jerusalem before. He's probably been born in captivity in the Persian Empire. Why would that guy want to go build walls? Because God put it on his heart. And he was open to it. He was open to it. Difference makers are open to God's leading. And God uses them to make an impact. When I have a genuine desire to make a positive impact, when it's not about me, and I have a willingness to step into the unknown and to follow, to be open to and to follow God's leading that he's putting on my heart, those things will help me be a difference maker. Those things are true about the difference makers that we see in Scripture. And those things need to be consistently true in my life. Now, I want to spend a few minutes this morning showing how we already have folks in our church family here at Flagstone that are being difference makers. And so I need Lori and Lori Glenn and Jason Thomas coming up. Dale's not here this morning, is he? Okay. Most of our church family knows that, that um, these two folks, along with Dale Ganey, lead our um, Jackrabbit 5K every year, where we um, host a 5K race, and we um, the money that we raise from that event goes to buy shoes for needy people. And that's all I'm going to say about it, because I want them to share not only what God put on their hearts as far as coming into that event and that, that ministry, but what happened even this last week as we got to hand out some shoes to some folks. Good morning. I am Lori Glenn. This is Jason Thomas. Um, as Marshall mentioned, we're two of the race directors for the Jackrabbit 5K, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about how the Jackrabbit came into existence, and then Jason's going to talk about the difference it makes in the community for us. So oddly enough, when the Jackrabbit started, it wasn't even about shoes. It wasn't even about a 5K. It was about a friend of mine, Jasmine, who's a very close friend of mine, who attended Flagstone about 10 years ago when this all started, and Flagstone was in a point of transition at that time. The building we were renting to meet in, we were getting ready to move out of and to begin meeting in a cafeteria of a school just up the road. And without having a building um, for community, we were trying to just figure out a way that we could kind of stay connected with folks in church, um, given that we wouldn't have a building to do our weekly Bible studies or the mommy and me class and all that other good stuff. So Jasmine was an avid runner. I was not. 
but I was starting to train for my first race. And so we had talked about different things we could do for running a weekly running group with a devotional or, I don't know, we came up with a few different things, but nothing really kind of sparked a call to action from us. And one day after I had actually registered for that race I was training, I was out for my run and I just had a thought. We could host a 5K. We could raise some money to um, go towards the building fund and it would give the church something all kind of everyone to kind of focus on and work together towards since we were going to be in this weird space without having a building. And so I called and left her a voicemail and we met for coffee later that week and discussed it and thought, well, sure, how hard could it be? <laughs> so we decided we were going to do it. She actually, even though she was an avid runner, didn't, hadn't run a whole lot of races and I had not run any. And so we, we didn't really know how to put on a race. And so we met with Mike Rush, who owns a rush running uh, store and uh, that's where we found out exactly how hard it would be <laughs> and decided it was going to take more than just the two of us so that Sunday we put a call out to the church and just asked if any if there's anyone here with race experience that can help us with race day stuff we needed people for marketing we needed people for graphic design we needed website design we needed all sorts of things and so after church that day Jasmine came up to me and she's like do you know Jason Thomas I said I do not she said, well, he's an ultra runner and said he's done a ton of races and is willing to help us out with race day logistics. And I said, I don't know what an ultra runner is, but it sounds like he's got a lot more experience than you and I, so let's sign him up. And that is how Jason came into, um, into our group. And then, um, but it wasn't just Jason. Like all those spots we needed filled all got filled from members of the church. I don't have time to list them all out right now, but uh, everything we needed got taken care of, and race day, the volunteers showed up, and there was a million different things that could have and should have gone wrong that day to make that race not be a success. Mm. But it was a success, and we raised about $16,000 that we put towards the building fund. And since it really turned out to not be totally difficult once we got enough people there to help us, uh, we decided to make this an annual event. But by the time the next year came around, we, we had purchased this building and we're here, so we decided we wanted the money we raised to go out into the community. And we talked about different things, lots of different things, and we landed on shoes and doing a shoe giveaway. And I think that that's a great opportunity for me to hand it over to Jason where he can tell you how that decision to, to buy shoes has impacted our community. Absolutely. And Lori, when I got started, I had mixed emotions. It was mixed between, I think I could help you do this, it would be cool, and I really didn't think you had a clue what you were doing. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> and of course, I didn't either. We all learned together. We, we really did. And, you know, it, it has evolved over the years just into something a lot bigger than we ever dreamed it would be. Exactly. You know. Um, we didn't ever plan on, on, like I said, it wasn't about shoes. It, it was about trying to find connection. Right. It was about trying to find connection. And, you know, there's just, there's so many things we could go over. Um, Marshall asked us to put together just some thoughts on, on making a difference. And I'm going to share a few stories with you. If you saw Lori's post um, on our Facebook page and online about some of the people that we interacted with, I'm going to tell you and expound on a few of those stories. I missed something. It was but probably okay. one of the pictures. Oh, probably one of the pictures. <laughs> I'm hoping. Okay. Um, you know, this, this week that we were there, uh, there you go. Yeah, that's how a lot of us that's feel. That's how we felt after the first yeah. race. So... <laughs> Um, some of the people that we interacted with, um, the very first guy in line, we'll, we'll call him Steve, he was there, and I noticed he had a lot of, a lot of bags in his, in his possession. He had a backpack and just lots of bags, and I didn't think anything of it, and we set him down, we started talking to him, and keep in mind that 
the people that we gave shoes to, they went to the, Khmer, the Samaritan Community Center essentially because they were hungry. They, they needed food. Um, they, they go there once a week. They just opened this, this soup kitchen up again, and, and it's, we targeted that a few years ago as one of our primary audiences to give away shoes. Um, I had done different events before where we raise money for the American Heart Association or a heart walk or something like that, and all of those are really, really good events, and you feel like they make a difference, but when it's over and that money's gone and that time is gone, you, you kind of wonder, like Marshall said, did I make an impact? Did, did I do something good? And we wanted to really be specific on who we targeted. And when we first started doing it, it was actually kind of hard to find an audience because we had contacted the schools and some of the sheriff's office, and they're like, yeah, we have people in need, but because of HIPAA laws, we can't tell you who they are. And we're like, okay. And so there were some obstacles, but then we found this community center, and they're like, yeah, we once a week open up and, and feed people that are, that are basically hungry. And we're like, that's it. We're going to give them shoes. And so some of them had seen us before, and so when they saw us again, matter of fact, when I pulled into the parking lot with uh, 200 pairs of shoes in my truck, I had a couple people say, hey, can we help you unload? And I'm like, <laughs> We've got volunteers. Thank you so much. And they, they just know who we are. They know who you are, Flagstone. So thank you for that. But the very first gentleman, we'll call him Steve, he sits down and, and we, uh, we talk to him about it. And we have shoes this year, so it's a little bit different flow. And he said, oh, I'm, just, I'm so thankful for these shoes. I just, I can't tell you how much this means to me. And I'm like, well, let's see them first. You may not like them, you know. And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. And so we, we got him set up. And when he was leaving, he's like, I'm not going to wear these when I go down into my tent because it's too muddy. We had all the rain this week. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, I'll, I'll put my old sandals back on. I don't think these are too nice. I don't want to get them dirty. So not only did he get new shoes, he got a meal, but Steve was homeless. And so that, that's our audience that we get to connect with. Okay? I'll tell you another story. Um, and, and Lori's write-up was about this young girl. Matter of fact, she's in the video. We're going to call her Molly. All right, we're going to change their names. But... Uh, Molly shows up with her dad, and we'll call him Mike, and he, uh, I could tell he was a veteran, well, he told me, <laughs> and the, uh, the wounds on his body made it very apparent, and I asked him, I said, were you in Desert Storm, and then he proceeded to tell me his whole story about how he was, he was a rider in a Humvee, and, and a rocket hit it and turned it sideways, and it killed everyone in the truck but him, and he showed me all the shrapnel in his leg, and I was like, yeah, I don't really have a lot of problems in my life right now, Mike, but, you know, it just, it just really humbled me when I, when I heard about this. And so we got him fitted with shoes. And his daughter, Molly, uh, as Lori said was in her write-up, was autistic. And she, I'm going to guess she was 13 years old, give or take. And we were trying to fit some shoes on her, and we kept going, and we'd go back and get a bigger size, and we'd go back and get a bigger size. And she had a really, really wide foot. I don't know how in the world we had one pair of women's 13 2E shoes, but we did. And we brought them out, and, and Dale put them on her feet, and she jumped up screaming, they fit, they fit. And, and Mike said she's never really had a pair of shoes that fit because they can't find any very often. And you would have thought this was the, the most sought-after Christmas present that we gave Molly. And, and they, were, they were so excited. I'll tell you one more quick story, and then we'll wrap up. We'll call this lady Amy. Amy came in, and she had a boot on her leg. And I said, well, well this is great for you. You get, you get two shoes, and you only need, you need one. And she said, yeah. She said, I hurt my leg not too long ago. I actually have a brace out in the car that I'm supposed to wear. My doctor said I have to wear them with a pair of athletic shoes. 
but I've not been able to afford a pair of athletic shoes. So I get to take this brace off and actually go put the boot on that's supposed to help me recover from my surgery. And I'm like, that is fantastic. I'm so thankful we could help. And then I actually just thought of one more. We had a lady come in. She said, I'm so glad you guys are here. I, I lost my shoes this week, and I prayed yesterday that God would send me a pair of shoes. And Lou Meyer said, well, God told us to bring some shoes here today, and here we are, you know. And so I, I, I want to share these stories with you just so that you know whether you put door hangers on, on doors to let the community know that we're raising events or you help slice bananas and handed out water on the course or you cheered along people or, or you were actually there. Thank you for those that showed up last Wednesday. This church does an amazing job of reaching out, connecting, and serving. And I promise you for that one little moment in time, for those 130 or 40 or 50 souls that we put shoes on, they felt very loved, they felt very special, and they know that the impact that this church makes in the name of Jesus. And so I just wanted you guys to know that, to let you know how it, how it went, and it was awesome, and we'll do it again next April. Lori, anything else? Nope. All righty. Thank you guys so much. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome how, how God moves and, and takes some simple things, some, some things that were put on people's hearts and, and does, does things that, that we don't even anticipate or expect. And I know I've been talking about not doing it for the recognition, but I do want to recognize this church family for making a difference, at least in, in some people's lives with some shoes. And I want to challenge all of us to figure out ways individually to keep doing those kinds of things. And it may be the simplest gesture. Or it may be something that really pushes us out of our comfort zone. But whatever it is, to, to be willing to be open to what God is putting in front of us, opportunities he's putting in front of us to make an impact and to make a difference, to be difference makers. Not so that people in our community can go, oh, man, those, those flagstone people, man, there's something else. Not so that we can get the accolades and the pats on the back, but because somebody has a need and God has given us the opportunity to fill that need and we have a genuine desire to do so. That's it. That's the kind of heart I hope all of us can develop. I'll end with this this morning. When um, in, in one of Jesus, in one of his times when he's talking to people, he's talking about the kingdom, and he's actually, actually talking about when he returns one of these days. It's in Matthew chapter 25, and he says, you know, when the king returns, he's going he's gonna to have people gathered in front of him, and he's going to look at this group of people over here. And he's going to say, it says in Matthew chapter uh, 25, again, verse 35, uh, how, how blessed they are and how they get to receive their eternal reward. Why? He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. 
And if you keep reading on from there, that, that group of people, Jesus says, they're going to look at, at, the, at him, the king, and say, when do we see that happen? We never saw you in any of those situations, Jesus. And Jesus' response is going to be, you did it for the least of these. If you did it for the least of these, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Jesus is going to look at that group of people and hopefully we get to be in that group that he looks at and says, you made a difference to me. How? Because you made a difference to them. When I make a difference in somebody else's life, it makes a difference to my God. So we're going to hopefully work on that together as a church family. We're going to challenge each other and encourage each other to be difference makers. And we're going to stand here in just a second and we're going to sing a song. And this song, the words of the song, is actually a prayer to God. It's actually asking, the words of the song is a message of, of, of asking God, will you please empower me? to go do what it is that you're leading me to do. And when we stand together, and as we start singing that song, I hope that you'll really focus on the words of that song, focus on the message. But I would invite you, if you're, if you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, there, I, I haven't been a difference maker. And, and I want to be. You're welcome to come forward and share that with us. And we will pray together. We will pray for God to get the things out of the way that are keeping you from being open to His leading. We'll pray for God to get the things out of the way that are, that are causing you to be insincere, just to not want to help, not have a genuine desire to make an impact on somebody else. We'll pray for God to give you the willingness and the courage to step into the unknown and to do something for somebody else, not even knowing what the end result is going to be. We will pray for that. And we will believe that God's going to answer that prayer. But I would even invite you, as, as we're standing together, if you recognize, man, the reason that I'm not making a difference for God is because I don't have a relationship with God. And the reason I don't want to make a difference in somebody else's life is because I'm not allowing him to make a difference in mine. That can change today. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ before. You've never confessed Him as your Savior. You haven't repented of your sins. You haven't been baptized in His name. That can all change today. You can have that connection with Him. You can allow Him to make the complete difference of, in your life of removing all of your sin and setting you free so that you can be a difference maker in this world. And that can happen today. Or maybe you had that connection with him before, but for whatever reason, you've walked away from it. And maybe it's sin, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's laziness and complacency, whatever it is. If you want that connection back, my God is offering it to you right now. He wants to be connected with you so that he can make a difference in your life, so that you can make a difference in the lives of others. We can make an impact in this world starting today. You want to be a part of it? You want some help? We can help. Let us know how. Come forward and share with us whatever you need we have.
whatever need you have while together we stand and sing. My Gregory has come forward this morning uh, simply saying there was a time when she was a child that, uh, that she got baptized um, because she felt like she had to, because she felt like other people wanted her to, and she's never felt that true commitment to Jesus, and she wants that, and she wants to start over and start new. And so we're going to honor that and we're going to baptize her into Jesus today because she is ready to completely wash her sins away and have a brand new start. That's awesome. So, um, so Brandon is going to come up <laughs> and, and offer our closing this morning, but he's got some special things to do as well. So we'll, uh, we'll witness that. And then we'll witness this baptism, and then we'll have one more song to end with, okay? 
Uh, Jeremy, if you want to go ahead and come up and, and pray for Emerald and this new commitment that she's going to make, would you be all right with that? I think our mics are over here, all, all the way over here on this side, though. Uh, and we'll be getting ready for the baptism, and Brandon can go ahead and, and uh, share his thoughts with us. Let's pray for Emerald. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this family that meets here and, and, and grows closer to you each week. And Father, thank you for the lives that are touched because of uh, the message that's, that you deliver through Marshall and our other speakers here. And uh, thank you so much for the soft hearts that we have here among our family. Thank you so much for Emerald and, and bringing her and her path in life here to us and uh, her family that comes here. And we're just so thankful for them and, and thankful for her heart today that, that she's striving to grow closer to you and that she's uh, committing, recommitting today to live a life for you and proclaim that, um, that Jesus is your son and, and has died for all of us and, and we're so thankful for that and for her decision today. And may you just bless her uh, as, as you do for this decision that she's making. Father, please be with us here as we uh, continue and, and bring our worship to conclusion and just continue to be with Emerald in her life and the decisions that she's making. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I just wanted to make a quick announcement about the Heartfelt Ministries that is starting. It will start actually in September. Today we're having a kickoff luncheon, and it's just to get more information. This program is for the women of the church. We meet once a month in a home, have a little Bible study, eat a meal together. So it's a good time to make connections. It's a good time to make a difference. Um, one of our heart moms, one time, one of the girls says, I want to know how to make a pie crust. So we said, okay. And we pulled out some flour and salt and um, Crisco shortening, and we whipped together a pie crust and showed her how to do it. And she came back with a, a cute little Christmas ornament for that heart mom uh, that was a pie on it. So it makes a difference. And occasionally she'll send a picture to that heart mom and say, I took this to our potluck at church. Everyone loved it. And she would not have known how to do that. So that heart mom made a different difference in her life. If you can't stay for the luncheon today, there are forms in the back in the foyer on that first tall table. And you can fill one of those out and be placed in a group. We hope you can join us today. I'd like some of that lunch, too, if we could do that. Um, I believe uh, that we're going to go ahead, before we do the ending announcements, we're going to go ahead and do uh, Emerald's baptism.
this is something that uh, Emerald said has been on her heart for quite a while. And uh, this is not something that she takes lightly. This is something she's ready to commit her life to, being God's child. And I'm excited that we get to witness that together. Emerald, I want to ask you in front of all these folks, do you believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and are you willing to make him the Lord of your life? Yeah. Because of that confession, him as your Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins. what it's all about. It's so cool. It's what it's all about. Uh, Jordan's going to lead us uh, in, in some songs here in just a second and have a couple of uh, not as important uh, announcements as something like this. I just want to remind everybody uh, about the giving platform and portal that we have. Uh, you can uh, feel free to do that uh, in, in the ways that you would like. If we're talking about uh, making a difference, uh, what's cool is that I gave my kiddos uh, a quarter and what's cool is that they believe, and I know that they are making a difference. And they said to make the to make the church bigger. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever whatever that looks like. And so it's it's cool. But you can do that in whatever amounts that you would like uh, through these different platforms as well. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I had one announcement to make um, before worship started, and I have four announcements to make now. Um, so I just want to let you know uh, that the, the CPR class that was, that was supposed to happen last uh, Saturday obviously uh, did not happen, and it has moved to the 20th at 9 a.m. Uh, if you've signed up already for that, you don't need to sign up again. You can go ahead and do that. And if you have already signed up and now that there is a time conflict, uh, please just email Sheldon, uh, and he'll be able to take care of you uh, there. Also, uh, Scotty, Scotty wanted me to uh, remind everybody that the Basketball Connection Group uh, is meeting tomorrow uh, from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock at Southside. I still have not received my invitation for that connection group, but I am ready for uh, that. Are you up there, buddy? Yeah, I'll, I'll wait for it. Um, but that's a really, really cool uh, ministry, just to be there and play, play basketball and connect uh, and enjoy yourselves with that. Um, something that's really, really, uh, that we just want to hammer down uh, as we're moving into the school year is that each of us, we're, we're difference makers. If you can sew, you're a difference maker. If you have a lunch, you're, you can be a difference maker. Uh, if you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you can be a, dis, a, a difference maker. So think about the things today. What are, what, are, what are the things, the small things, the small gifts, the small talents that God has blessed me with, and how can I use that to leverage the proclamation of the gospel? Each of us in here, difference makers. And that's what we're called to do here at Flagstone, right? Because that's our mission. Our mission is by the grace of Jesus Christ, Flagstone, the family, Flagstone family exists to reach out, connect, and serve. And that's what we do, and that's what we, we commit to doing every single day. So I'm thankful for this church family, and I hope that we can all partner together to be a part of this mission that God has brought us to. Now for the one announcement that I was going to make today. Uh, it's been uh, 10 weeks of our Flagstone Teen Summer. Um, and we've had our interns for the past 10 weeks, and today is their last day, which is crazy. Can I get our uh, two interns up here, please? Um, man, as far as, like, the things, go for it, yeah. Yeah. 
They're famous. Let's go. They're famous. <laughs> Look at this. Um, man, this summer uh, has been crazy in all the ways. Uh, we talked about this morning um, about a story from Exodus whenever Jethro comes to Moses and he's like, yo, you cannot do this by yourself. You need people to be there. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we get interns. But this year specifically with uh, me, having a, or me having a baby, my family having a baby, that would be more interesting, wouldn't it? Um, but for us to have, have our firstborn child, and man, they talk about them uh, like holding up the weight of what it means to do youth ministry. Uh, they, they have done it, uh, and they've done a phenomenal job. Um, if you're on the Flagstone Teens Remind, you are quite aware of how busy this summer has been because quite literally every single day they just said, hey, you guys want to play cards today? Let's do it. You guys want to go uh, on a small road trip? Let's do it. You guys want to go eat? Let's do it. And every, it seems like every single day you guys have planned something uh, and they've just made uh, this summer incredible for our teenagers. So um, with this being their last day, we're going to go out to the beach and we're going to go have a good time at uh, Beaver Lake. Um, but if I, if I could have all the teenagers or anybody else that would like to uh, come on up and put a hand on uh, our, our interns as they go their separate, ra- separate ways, we'll do that and pray out as we finish up. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for everything that you give us. And God, you consistently send flagstone people that can make a difference. And God, as we're, as we're thinking about Carter and we're thinking about Veronica, we can see and we can hold the difference that they've made in each of these teenagers' lives and for flagstone as a whole. God, they... They are using their gifts and, and, and their passions for what they want to do in the future. And God, they've committed to, to sacrificing 10, 10 weeks of their lives to just be with us and to love on us. And God, help us to be more like them. Help us to be sacrificial, to do a lot with the little things that you've given us and to move forward. God, I pray a blessing for them as they move forward and they go back to school, as they are just a few years away from full-blown adulthood. God, I pray that you give them wisdom in discernment, and that you bless bless their endeavors, and that, God, that they are able to depend on you and to love you with everything that they have so that they can love this world with everything that you've given them. God, we're immensely thankful for the relationship that we have with these two interns, and we pray a blessing for them for the future. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Can we get a hand for the interns really quick? <laughs> Quite a Sunday here at Blackstone, hasn't it? Let's stand up and sing one more. We'll be on our way. The cross, our way to freedom, the cross, our wrath to bear. But God, so rich in mercy, took our place and saved us there. Lift him up. All praise to Jesus, lift him high for all to see, lift him on the cross. 
cross of Calvary, where mercy died to set us free. Our King, who reigns victorious, now sits upon his throne. Forever he is worshipped, glory to our God alone. Lift him high, oh praise to Jesus. Lift him high for all to see. Lift him high, the cross of Calvary, where mercy died to set us free. All the saints adore you, heaven bows before you, worthy is the great I am. All the saints adore you, heaven bows before you, worthy is the great I am. All the saints adore you, Heaven bows before you, worthy is the great I am. All the saints adore you, heaven bows before you, worthy is the great I am. Lift him high, oh praise to Jesus, lift him high for all to see. Lift him high, the cross of Calvary, where mercy to set us free. Lift him up, oh praise to Jesus. Lift him up for all to see. Lift him high, the cross of Calvary, where mercy died to set us free. Mercy died to set us free. Mercy died to set us free. Have a good week, everybody.